Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. show where we're always right and never left. We put God first in politics, second on your patriot host, Chauncey Brown. Welcome to the show. Today we have a young lady that is running for Secretary of State of Massachusetts. She loves our country, the American flag, and the state of Massachusetts. She considers Boston the place where liberty was born and has sworn to not let it die here. Patriots long and near have died defending this flag so we can be free. As a proud African-American woman and a Republican, Rayla believes passionately in civil rights and opposes the radical cause for identity politics which seeks to divide Americans against one another. Rayla believes in fairness and integrity. She believes in reaching across party lines to work for the common good for the people of Massachusetts, regardless of their political affiliation. She considers her duties as Secretary of State to provide updates and accurate state government information, having an accessible office for the public, working to grow and strengthen the economy by cutting red tape, Freeman Services, bringing honor to the office by following the state constitution and protecting the constitutional rights 
of consumers, and last but not least, running a fair and clean election. Prela considers herself a person of faith and is a member of the local Catholic parish in Randolph. She will bring heart values to bear with compassion for all. Prela wants to restore faith in the American Republic and the rule of law. She desires to restore American pride and dignity in running for office. She further stands with the military, police, fire, emergency responders, first responders, veterans, and all those who have stood their ground to sacrifice and stand for others. Let me welcome to the studio candidate for Massachusetts Secretary of State, Rayla Campbell. Welcome to the show, Rayla. Thank you so much, Tansi. It's a pleasure and honor to be on with you. It is as well. Um, you have run for several offices, I believe, in the past. Um, talk briefly uh, about your humble upbringing and what made you get involved in, in politics and now running for Secretary of State in Massachusetts. Only one office I ran for prior to this, but I am born and raised here in Massachusetts. I was born in Boston, raised on the South Shore in a small town of Situate, Mass., which ironically is the most Irish town in America. But I grew up in low-income and Section 8 housing, which a lot of people like that exists, and anybody from the South Shore knows that the village exists, and it's weird townhouses and a nice cul-de-sac and it wasn't like creepy situation we're living in this little hole we had a great upbringing and my mom decided she didn't not want her children to grow up in the same atmosphere that she grew up in in the city my grandmother her house was in Mattapan right in almost in Mattapan Square so there was a lot of violence and stuff that was going on during the 80s and and I was born in 82 so I lived in my grandmother's basement for the first year of my life so I don't really remember all of that and then my mom was fortunate enough and smart enough to actually reach out and to find where she could get housing with a good education system for her children outside of the city and that was available and that was there and so we were one of the first african-american straight african-american families to move into situate however they did have a huge cape verdean population people want to forget that cape Verde is literally off the coast of africa so they already had an african-american population there <laughs> so i grew up just in a very diverse neighborhood i would get in a lot of trouble from my mom for feeding my neighbors. A lot of white friends of mine were, were worse off. They, we were all poor, but we didn't know we were poor. But they knew they were poor because they didn't have any food. Well, I had plenty of food. I had sodas. We had, you know, Lucky Charms. We had sugar cereals, and they didn't have that. And I would make sure that I gave my friends what I had. You know, my friends were starving. We're latchkey kids. I guess that's the new term that they use. My mom worked two jobs, so multiple times we would have to fend for ourselves. Like, we'd see her in the morning, or she'd kiss us at night if she was working in double, and otherwise, you know, she was there in 
we were used to having my mom there, but my mom only had an eighth grade education level. So it's really difficult for her to help us with any schoolwork or anything. So she empowered us to make sure that we used our brain and that we studied and we worked hard, and she was always on us. And I never knew that she didn't have that much of an education until I was an adult. So that was that was incredible because she it was her sole focus was making sure that we do good in school and that we're getting an education. And I grew up in the public school system. I didn't have any problems when dealing with what we have now, the racial divide and all the name calling. I mean, just over the past week, the, the hate mail, I call it fan mail. The fan mail that I've gotten has been atrocious. And I didn't grow up with that. We were taught to love our country. We were taught to know our history. We were taught civics. I grew up in a town where it is known as being the Army of Two, and you have the oldest lighthouse, one of the oldest lighthouses in Massachusetts, and it's known as the Army of Two for a reason. There were two sisters who lived in in the lighthouse with their father and nine other siblings, and those two sisters fended off the British Army by flashing the light of the white of the lighthouse, and they kept flashing that lighthouse light, and they thought there was an army on our shore, so they never attacked. So learning your history, knowing about your history, and honoring your sacrifices. I come from a town, this one of the oldest towns in Massachusetts. We know that Plymouth is the first 1620. My town is 1623. So it's it, we have a deep history in Massachusetts, and I think it's really important that children learn that, and they get out there and they understand. I grew up in a time where we went on field trips, where we had to go to Daniel Webster camp, you know, we had to learn about what the sacrifices here that our our statesmen made for us to be here. The oldest and the first constitution is from Massachusetts. The first all African Regiment is from Massachusetts, the 54th. So for me, going through public schools and, and the teachings that we were taught back then versus what they were, what they're teaching now, it's completely. I don't even understand what my country's doing. We were taught to not see skin color. We were taught to only see red, white, and blue. It's God's family country. And it is so important. And as even though I'm a Catholic, my family is mostly Baptist, Southern Baptist. We're all of a Christian background, and that's what this this country was founded on: is Christians escaping persecution. And my family doesn't agree with my politics. They, you know, think I'm right wing, whatever. But I grew up in a Democrat household, and I grew up knowing the sacrifices that our African-American Republicans have made. And I was taught my history, my real history, by my history teachers at the time, one in seventh grade, and then again in 11th grade. And I remember both of their names and my male teachers, which is why I, I advocate for men and men being teachers in the classroom, given these history lessons. My daughter loves her history teacher right now. He's fantastic. But they understand, and they know how to connect with us. And they gave me the tools that nobody else would give me. 
They told me about what happened in Oklahoma. They told me about Black Wall Street. They told me how successful African Americans have always been, but the Democrat Party is the one to come in and harm that and destroy it. And I knew that seeing it firsthand. You don't automatically become a Democrat because of the color of your skin. The promises that they say, just vote for me and you'll get this. And you see, it's to keep you on the door. That's their intention. They just want to keep control over you. And I'm going, isn't that what the slave owners wanted? Control? So why would I ever align myself with a party that wants to destroy this country? And I went all through public schools, got this incredible historical background in teachings, but I also got stuff that a lot of children don't get today, and it was that drive to work and to want to give back to my community and to thrive and to be able to do it myself. I was the first in my family to buy a house. I bought my first house at 25 years old. I worked. I started working right after high school, and I started temping, which is incredible because most companies don't hire their temps. They usually let them go. But I started temping for the number one insurance company in Massachusetts, Delta Dental, and I became really an asset to that that company. I started from the bottom, sorting claims, moved my way all the way up where I was reprocessing and processing claims and then also working directly with dental offices and I had so much dental knowledge, it was incredible. And I did that and I worked and I was the first person to be able to work from home. That was over 12 years ago, I started working from home and then I got pregnant with my first daughter and it was perfect, I work from home, I got my baby, this is great, but it was working your way up through the lines, and we saved and saved and saved. So my husband and I, he worked as many extra hours as we possibly could. I worked as many overtime hours as I possibly could as well, and we saved up money in order to buy a house because I was tired of throwing my money away renting. Well, I'm renting here. I'm not, this isn't mine. I don't own it. I got terrible neighbors, landlord that doesn't care, stop falling apart. I need to be, make sure that I'm, putting my money into something that I that's mine, that I'm investing in. And that was taught to me in school. So we had a project in eighth grade, I'll never forget. I actually picked we had to pick a out of a job out of a hat and I picked lawyer. My teacher laughed at me. It's like, huh, you could be a lawyer one day. <laughs> and I probably could. <laughs> but we had to design a house on a budget. We had to, you know, know what it would cost to maintain the house. It was Stuff that you need out in the real life, in the real world, that they're not teaching our children right now. And so for me, public schools back when I was in school were amazing. I don't know what you can call them right now besides indoctrination camps. And it's scary to see what they're doing. And I noticed that when I had my first daughter and I was like, she's only 12 years old. I have 12, 10, and a five-year-old son, so two girls and a little boy. And I was like, I'm going to be that, you know, county mom. I'm going to get involved in everything. I'm going to make sure I know her education level, what she's doing, 
what they're teaching. And oh my word, you want to talk about an eye opener. And that's kind of what started me into the activist and going out and finding what's going on and then challenging the town on what they're doing and looking at the, the, all the statistics and looking at the um, demographics of the town and what's shown in the schools versus the demographics. And I was completely upset with what I saw happening and the stuff that I saw happening in the direct targeting of Americans for in giving illegals benefits that Americans are paying for that you're now telling them they can't have. So I started pushing back, and they did not like that. <laughs> of course Which not. brought me to running against Diana Presley for Congress in 2020. She had been coming into our town, and she was just trying to sow this division, this racism, this hatred into our community, and that's not what we were. And I started, you know, pushing. I pulled my kids out of school after my public school, only two years in, after my daughter, my she was in kindergarten, first time going in kindergarten, two weeks into school, and we have her coming home and say, Mommy, I'm so excited. I guess I learned stuff today. And I'm like, oh, that's great. School was great. It was so exciting. Like, awesome. What did you learn today? And she said to me, well, I learned that Martin Luther King was killed by a white man. And I'm like, you're fine. What is going on? Called the superintendent, requested a meeting, called the principal, requested a meeting, made like a huge scene with the parents and the teachers. And I was like, are you serious? Got that meeting and they were just, they dismissed me. Well, these are things that children should be learning, not not in kindergarten. Like she doesn't even know how to read fully yet, and yet you want to teach her about murder. So for me, that was the start of it. And then I pulled my kids out. Luckily, by the grace of God, I'm very heavily involved in my Catholic church, and the sisters were still involved in the church as well, and they got my kids on academic scholarship and put them into Catholic school. And I was so excited, but it didn't stop my fight for fighting for the other families that are forced to pay all sorts of money that they don't have to put their kids in a private school system because our town is failing. And their words to me from the school was, well, we're starting fresh with the kids that were born in 2010. So anybody else, we're just going to move them along. But we're starting fresh with this group. And we see what they mean about fresh with this group and the targeted, the indoctrination, the sexual content that is in the curriculum, we see it now. And they told me that back then and I thought that was something special, weird. What What do you mean? Do you mean you're starting fresh with this one, just forget about the other kids? And it's coming back, of course, to fight everybody. And we see that with people leaving the school systems, pulling their kids out. It's not a target on public schools. It is, we gave you a, the right to actually teach our children, and we're act, thinking that you're going to do what's best for our children, and you have completely failed. The public system has failed. It has failed us as Americans. It has failed our children, and we need to take it. It is we the people, not we the politicians. We are not subjects. We are citizens. 
So bringing the voices back to the people is my number one goal and making sure that we're protecting our rights. We have God-given rights. We do not give our rights away. We stand up. They are our servants. And we've got to make sure that they understand that and they know that. Amen. Raylo, we're going to take a, a quick commercial break, and we're going to be back with Rayla Campbell, Republican candidate running for Secretary of State in Massachusetts. We'll be right back. On day one, as your governor, I will deploy the Arizona National Guard to the border, and I will begin construction on three strategic National Guard border barracks so that we can maintain a permanent presence on the Arizona-Mexico border. Vote Neely for governor in the August 2nd primary election. Paid for by Neely for Arizona. Welcome back. This is the Chauncey Show where we're always right and never left. We put God first in politics second. I'm your patriot host, Chauncey Brown. We're honored, proud, and blessed to have in the studio today Ray Campbell, candidate for Secretary of State of Massachusetts. Thank you for talking and sharing with us about your humble beginnings in the history of Boston. That's where liberty began. Yes, liberty began in Boston. And I've learned that when I was a child. And it's not an accident that by your education and upbringing, you are now a candidate for Secretary of State. And yes, our public schools have failed our children. And I want to personally say thank you for taking the courage to stand up for all children. We have about 10 more minutes left in the show, so I'll let you continue and finish the various points that you were referring to before we went to a commercial break. And again, thank you so much, Chauncey. It's amazing to be on your show and on your platform and to be able to get my voice out there. And I've made a lot of controversy, especially since the, our recent, uh, we had our, our convention up here, our Republican convention, and I am the historic candidate for Secretary of State. I am the first African-American woman to ever make the ballot in a statewide election here in Massachusetts. And of course, I know that Thank you. Congratulations. Here, 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 here. Let's give her a, let's give her a round of applause. Hi, thank you, thank you, the glory. But it's my new hashtag is hashtag historic because I actually didn't know that because as a Republican, we don't go around looking and saying, what race and what gender and who made this first possible? I was just excited to be on the ballot. And then Andrea Campbell, no relation, same last name running for AG, comes out with the Boston Globe saying, the first African-American candidate to ever make the ballot statewide, two weeks after I've already been on the ballot. And they had to go and correct their story, of course, in some in one outlet they did, and the most of the outlets they didn't. Now it's like, who made the ballot first? Like the Secretary of State's office will tell you it was me. With more than double the number of signatures I was required to get. Number for me was 5,000. I got 11 plus thousand. So 
very important. And I was out there doing it myself. It was very difficult. But what we see happening in Massachusetts when it comes to, and throughout the nation, when it comes to our elections and protecting our elections and election integrity and making sure that the citizens are voting that are alive and that are legal citizens to vote, we saw it. A lot of people saw 2,000 years, but I saw it happen personally to myself in the 2020 campaign when they broke the law and violated my constitutional rights to keep me off the ballot, which is why I'm running against Bill Galvin right now. The number quickly, the number was lowered to 1,000. I obtained 1,200 as a write-in, and they said they had an opinion of the law, and I had to get the pre-COVID standards. So COVID ended for one day, everybody, just for me to knock it on the ballot. I had to get the pre-COVID standard of 2,000 to get on the ballot. Well, we got over 8,500 write-ins. They certified 1,200, but I'm pretty sure that's more than 1,000, but we have common core math, so they couldn't figure that out. So <laughs> and I have them on tape. So thanks to opinion. So I do have a lawsuit right now currently against the Secretary of State's office, and there's a major reason why I'm fighting for our voices and for the people right now in Massachusetts. I am just a small time, everyday, hardworking American. You know, I'm not a career politician. The only reason why I got into politics is because it affected my life directly. And I was like, this is not, this is not what our constitution states. This is not what I believe. This is not what my country stands for somebody's got to make a stand and fight back. And I saw it was coming from the top. So what do you do? you got to go after the top. you got to cut the head off the snake. Bill Galvin, who is the current Secretary of State, is the gatekeeper. And he has been in office longer than I've been alive. He's been Secretary of State for 29 years, but he's had a career in politics since before then. It is time for his reign to end. His reign of terror and his reign of control over our elections, and that is coming from both sides. Both Republicans and Democrats have talked to me about being cheated off the ballot or having, you know, the Secretary of State's office illegally charge them excess amount of fees for information, public information, that it's free because it's public information. So making sure that we're protecting our communities, that we're protecting our rights, our God-given rights. It is we the people who are in charge. People have got to remember that. We've got to stand up. So recently, Massachusetts, as of today, just passed a bill that allows illegal, illegal immigrants to obtain driver's licenses. What that also means is because the Secretary of State is so great at doing his job, he already has allowed, and this happened during COVID, for anybody who gets a driver's license in Massachusetts to be automatically registered to vote. Is that not voter suppression? Is that not their way of covering what they did in the 2020 election? So now they're going to bring people here illegally, which we see with the buses and the the planes and everything flying in at 2 a.m. They like that number. That's when they pass everything here in Massachusetts. But when we see that they're allowing, they want to allow illegals to replace legal citizens' votes, this is a problem. But remember, 
they told us that asking for ID is racist, but they want to give illegals the right to vote. So for me, this is, and I'm not going to allow this, not under my watch, not under my watch. The people need to know what's going on. The people are the ones that are in charge. We have the voice. And for so long in Massachusetts and throughout the country, you don't have real strong conservative Republican leaders that are going to go out there and fight for us and what we believe in. I have my foot to the ground. I know the pulse of this state. I have been in every single corner of Massachusetts. I have traveled in one day over six hours in my car going out to Western Mass and down to the Cape in one day, and I didn't leave my own state, to make sure that people know I will represent you and I will listen to you and I will be there to make sure that we're protecting our elections, that we're protecting our our people and our residents with freedom of information, and that we're protecting our businesses and corporations that want to start up here, we're the most difficult state to start a business in. That's why we're losing people in droves. We have boarded up buildings. It's a very depressing scene when you go around the state. And we have a major, major drug problem, and that is coming from the open borders. And as an American and as a citizen of Massachusetts, I want to make sure that people know their rights and they know what they can do and they know what their government is doing, and especially when it comes to our schools. And I think right now, with the attack on our children, the indoctrination, my children are mixed. You are not going to teach them that they're both the oppressor and the oppressed, in which they're double oppressed because they're Irish and African-American. And they're double oppressor because apparently Irish is now white and I'm British. So it's like <laughs> you, you can't make this stuff up. up. You no, know, you can't make it up. So what we're finding now in our public libraries and in our public schools, we're talking about child pornography and we're talking about grooming. And this is real and it's happening. The Boston Globe claimed that a book I was talking about during my famous speech, which everybody can find probably on YouTube, um, if you YouTube the Republican, Massachusetts Republican Convention 2022, you'll find me. <laughs> and I, I told them what book it was, and I also gave them the curriculum, and I also you know gave them avenues so they can go do the research themselves. But, of course, we have them, they're the, television, so they like to keep telling lies, and they won't go and do the research. So we took it upon ourselves to go to a bunch of different public libraries throughout Massachusetts, and we're still doing that right now, and showing this inappropriate book that is in our libraries. Now, there's two of them. One is called Gender Queer, and the other one is called Let's Talk About It. Gender Queer is a very controversial book that has been pulled off of shelves it has been banned from many states but yet it's here readily available in Massachusetts. It is about a young girl who I think that she's a boy and identifies as a boy. But in the book it states that she tastes her own vagina swine. I'm like, what did I just see? Also, yeah, disgusting. And you know also in the book it depicts 
this same young girl, and this is where the child porn gets in, having a young boy giving oral to her on a strap-on, a fake dildo. What the hell is this book doing in our public schools with kids to have access to and in the child section of a public library? And do the people know that they are funding this? Do the people know what is in this book? So I brought it to light. And man, the hate that I'm getting back. And it is not about being gay or straight. It is about this is child pornography. This is completely bizarre, disgusting behavior. It is teaching children the other book, which is called um, Let's Talk About It. It teaches children that they should use a dental dam over their butt and stick their tongue in it. Rayla, unfortunately, we're we're out of time. I thank you for your courage for standing up for all Americans and pushing them back against this immoral act and crusade on our children. I hope that you would come back on again and talk about your humble beginnings and talk about the issues that are affecting all Americans. You are truly an American patriot, and we thank you for the courage standing up and pushing back real quickly just share with my followers your website so if they'd like to donate or volunteer they can contact you as well and that would be great we do need donations no amount is too small my website is rayla4ma.com that's r-a-y-l-a-f-o-r-m-a.com think ray like sunshine they can also find me on facebook rayla campbell from massachusetts like Follow my page. I do have a radio show that I do every Thursday morning from 9 to 11. People can tune in. They can ask questions. They can air out what's going on in their community. But we definitely need to keep the word getting out there. And so people can donate their time, making sure that they're sharing, liking our page, and also donations. Donations help with us getting signage, billboards, and all that information that we've got to get out to the public because I am a strong candidate. I am not going to back down. I am not going to allow these people to violate our constitutional rights ever again. And I'm going to make sure that people are protected. Our elections are protected. Your freedom of information is protected. The consumer is protected. And we are making sure that we, the people, are in charge, not the politicians. Thank you very much. Miss Campbell, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on our podcast and share history and share the challenges that we all face. Again, we thank you for your courage for standing up not only for the people of Massachusetts, but for all Americans. You're listening to The Chauncey Show, and we had today Raya Campbell, candidate running for Secretary of State in Massachusetts. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back to close out the show. Another important issue facing Arizona is election integrity. And regardless of how you feel about past elections, we must move forward with legislation that ensures that our voting system is safe and fair because that's the only way we can restore the Arizona Republic. Vote Neely for governor in the August 2nd primary election. 
paid for by Neely for Arizona. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of my followers and listeners for tuning in and listening to candidate Rhea Campbell that's running for Secretary of State. We're here every Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6 to 7 Eastern Standard Time. Please follow us across all social media and join us next Monday. We're going to have Joe Ray Perkins in the studio, GOP nominee, Oregon U.S. State Senate. God bless you all. Keep the faith. And remember, we all have to stand up if we want to save our country. God bless you all, and good night now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.